Hello, everybody, and welcome to whatever this is. We don't really, we'll have a name for it eventually. Right now, we don't. Uh, for those who may not recognize my voice, uh, my name is Damon Heitman. I am the associate pastor at First Presbyterian Church. I'm joined by Greg Allen Pickett. Senior Pastor at First Presbyterian Church, really excited to be here with you and excited to uh, to stay in fellowship and to continue to learn and grow together as a community, to continue to study God's Word, um, and also to hang out with Damon because, uh, you know, we enjoy hanging out. Yay! Uh, so our, our plan for this, we're just doing kind of a little scripture chat. We're going to talk a little bit about the... Um, the scripture that is coming up for this coming Sunday. And then we hope to do a couple of fun different things with that throughout the week. Um, so kind of keep uh, checking on our Facebook page and, and other sort of sources for how we get information out to you. Uh, we also wanted to just at the start run through a couple of announcements, just try to keep you informed of what's going on um, at First Prez. The church is still open uh, Monday through Friday, um, 8.30 to 4.30. Uh, we are keeping the exterior door locked, but we do have a doorbell now. So if you come and you need to do something in the church, uh, there is someone here. Just ring the doorbell. Uh, my understanding is that you have to press uh, kind of hard on the doorbell, so don't be bashful about it. Um, and then uh, myself or Jean um, or maybe Tony uh, will come and, and let you in. So, But the church is open. Indeed, the church is open. In fact, the church is uh, is moving into a stage that we've we've never been in before. But I think the church is going to be needed now more than ever, and so we intend to do that and uh, intend to do our best to stay connected with you. Uh, one of those ways that we're going to stay connected with you uh, is through uh, this this Monday podcast. This will be uh, both uh, a video that's available for you all to watch, um, and we'll also do an audio file for those of you who podcast and download podcasts to your phones and listen to them. Um, and so this Monday one, as Damon said, we'll do some announcements, study a scripture. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Steph Brader, our amazing director of Christian education, is going to be offering something for our families and our children, uh, hopefully with some resources and uh, helping you keep connected. Since we can't gather together for Wednesday Night Live, Steph Brader will be coming up with some content to use uh, for you all to use at home to continue uh, studying the Bible with your kids and growing in faith with your kids and growing in faith as a family. And then Friday, uh, we're, uh, we're pretty excited. Uh, we don't know what it's going to look like yet, but we're excited about uh, some possibilities that we're stirring up for uh, more content to just continue to connect with you, our beloved church family, and still uh, gather and have fellowship, even if it's digitally. So one other way that we're going to stay connected with you that I want to share with you about, and I mentioned this in my sermon on Sunday, uh, and we've sent some stuff out about it, but uh, our mission committee and our deacons, uh, along with a few other volunteers, have divided up into what we're calling care teams. Uh, so it's two-person teams, and those teams uh, have divided the church up. So each of those teams has between 20 and 30 families at the church. And the intention of those teams is that we will be reaching out to you uh, on a weekly basis, checking in, uh, seeing how you're doing. Uh, part of this is to help reduce social isolation and make sure that uh, everybody knows that there's somebody looking out for them. And part of this also is, uh, is to hear if there are needs uh, that can be identified uh, in our church families that we might be able to meet as a church. Um, and then also to pray with you, uh, because we believe in the power of prayer. And, uh, and so 
this is a great opportunity for us to continue to grow together as a family and really um, to connect in ways that we haven't before. And it's possible that even when we come out the other side of this, we're going to keep doing some of these things because, uh, you know, we, we like to be able to connect and we like to be able to learn and grow together. So that's kind of what this is all about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not aware of anything else that in terms of, uh, and on Sundays, we call that the sharing the life of the church portion of our time together. <laughs> I don't know what we call it on Mondays, but um, so we're just going to go ahead and, and shift gears a little bit and move into a, a preview of the scripture for this coming Sunday. Um, we'll read the scripture. Greg and I will have a little chat and we'll end with a word of prayer. We're going to start uh, with prayer also. And this is a prayer that can be found in the Lenten devotions that we uh, produced as a church. Uh, and this prayer is um, connected to the to this passage from Ezekiel that we're going to read in a little bit. And it was written by Robin Couser. So uh, I would invite us to join together in a moment of prayer. Breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love, and do what thou wouldst do. God, each day is a gift from you. In the days to come, fill me with an appreciative heart and help me to always be aware of your breath. When I am complacent, fill me with action. When I fear change, open me to it. When I meet contradiction, help me to understand. When I am negative, help me discover the positive. When I question, assist me in finding answers. When I distrust, help me overcome my misgivings. When I want, remind me to give. Help me to serve your earthly kingdom, to acknowledge your glory, and to appreciate your love and grace. Amen. Amen. So the scripture that we are going to be taking a look at comes from Ezekiel. It's the 30, a portion of the 37th chapter. It's verses 1 through 14. It reads something like this. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were, there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. Say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves, 
and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place, on, and I will place you on your own soil. And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. There ends our reading. Greg, what do you got? <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. Um, I was glad to return to our Lenten devotional guide, uh, as well as uh, reflect a little bit on the season of Lent. Um, these last two weeks uh, have been so crazy that sort of reflecting on the liturgical season we're in has not been the highest priority. And so it was uh, really a gift today to, to come back and go, oh, right, right, we're, we're in the season of Lent. These are the six weeks leading up to Easter. These are the season for repentance. It's a season for reflection. Um, and oftentimes Lent is uh, sometimes a little bit more serious. Uh, the scriptures that are presented to us are ones that, that do give us an opportunity to, to reflect, uh, do some of that repentance work. Um, but what I love about the scripture selection in this, which is the, the fourth week of the season of Lent, is that right? I think, hold on, I'll tell you. It's fifth Sunday of Lent. Fifth, yeah. So yeah, so ending the fourth week, starting the fifth, the fifth Sunday of Lent, um, is uh, we have this, this little resurrection story, right? Uh, and... And so in the midst of the time where we're following the path of Jesus to the cross and, and, and focusing on uh, what that means uh, and, and knowing that we're going we're gonna to end uh, on Monday, Thursday with, with Jesus' trial and, and, and Good Friday with Jesus' crucifixion. Um, and that's the space that we're typically in in Lent, but we get a little pause, we get a little reprieve from that with this story. And if we were to do the New Testament story as well for this particular week, it's the, uh, the resurrection of Lazarus. And so here, the folks who have helped us select these texts give us just a tiny glimpse of Easter in the middle of the season of Lent. And uh, given what's going on in the world today, to get a, a little glimpse of, of, of hope, of resurrection, uh, in the middle of, of what's otherwise a, a challenging time uh, has been a real gift. And so uh, Damon and I were talking about doing this this morning and I, I flipped to the texts and I read through them and uh, it lifted my spirits a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, that you make that connection because Lent is, <clears throat> Lent is a 40-day season, right? But if you counted the days from Ash Wednesday to Easter, you'd get more than 40 days. Right. <laughs> because Sundays and Sundays are not counted as part of the days of Lent. Um, and that, and, and I know a good number of folks who kind of hold the tradition that Sundays in Lent really should be like mini Easter services. Mm. Uh, that they're, that the Sundays are kind of this, are this break from this, this heavy work of self-reflection and repentance and considering my own sin, considering my own mortality. Um, and, and the, this, and the Sundays are this little, yeah, it is, it's this break. It's this chance in the midst of that to be reminded of this. Um, I don't want to say greater story, but, but the overwhelming arc, I guess, uh, of the story of faith 
that it is it is equal parts um, that sort of honesty and humility and also the the resurrection celebration uh, and the story of, of what that means to to be able to live into new life yeah uh, one of uh, one of my favorite preachers to watch is uh, Tony Campolo uh, and he has a famous sermon, and probably people have heard this quoted over and over again, but it always uh, resonates with me and, and probably today more than ever. And he'll, uh, he'll say, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. You know, it's Good Friday. There's Christ hanging on the cross. There's the darkness. There's the, all that. But Sunday's coming, and we know that Sunday's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that um, experience would relate really well i mean there's a reason why we get this little resurrection story from the community and from the time that it comes out of right that uh, right. the prophet ezekiel and and the experience of the community that's um that's being reflected in this passage is the babylonian exile mm-hmm. uh, babylon came and conquered israel um 586 i'm pretty sure they conquered the northern kingdom and um and exiled was, um, it's hard to describe the experience of exile. Uh, it's, it's more than, uh, it includes taking folks and forcing them to live somewhere else. Uh, but it's much, much more than that. There, there's massive casualties. Um, towns are destroyed. Um, areas are pillaged and, and plundered and uh, people are killed. Um, and it is, it's a, a truly devastating experience um, for the people of, of Israel. Um, and so this is, this is a passage that comes to us towards the end of the Babylonian exile, uh, when the prophets start to anticipate this return, this release from exile, that there will be this re, um, John, we would talk about this as a rebirth, right? <laughs> Um, this new life of the community. And so the bones, of course, represent the nation of Israel uh, and and their destruction at the hands of Babylon uh, by God being able to restore them, uh, to bring them back um, to life. Yeah, and that's that's one of the amazing things about our God is uh, that capacity for uh, new life uh, and rebirth uh, even in the midst of um, tragedy. And uh, I think uh, the, the coming weeks and months, uh, we don't know what's in store, uh, but we, we can anticipate some grief. We can anticipate uh, some difficult times ahead. Uh, and it's stories like this that got the Israelites through. Uh, and if you fast forward to the times of slavery in the United States, I will tell you, uh, you know, the, the slaves loved the prophet Ezekiel for the hope, uh, though their situation seemed hopeless. They never knew that slavery would end. Uh, and yet they maintained hope by doing things like reading stories from the prophet Ezekiel um, and, and on up through history. Uh, groups who have been experiencing significant suffering have turned to stories like this and found that hope. And uh, we do that same thing today. Yeah, I, I really like the, um, I mean, this is a, this is a very 
graphic passage in some ways. I mean, we're, we're describing bones, people's bones, uh, a valley full of bones, right? Uh, and we're talking about uh, them, them rattling. Like there's a very visceral and seeing sinews be put back upon them. Uh, and as I was reading it, one of, one of the phrases that jumped out to me was um, at the start of verse 8, um, just the simple, I looked, uh, that, that, that part of this, part of the resurrection ex uh, experience or part of this like moving into new life, or part of moving into a hope to come out of some sort of desolation and destruction is the willingness to look upon the desolation and destruction and to be, to be willing uh, to have the courage to see it in its fullness, um, that, that that is an integral part of that, um, I think is, um, has, a, has a profound kind of power to it and challenge that like, we, can't, we can't just turn away um, from things. We have to be willing to look upon them. And, to look upon them. Yeah. yeah. And it makes me think of, you know, just this past week, all of the folks that um, helped out with United Harvest and all the folks that have helped out in, in a myriad of other ways already in response um, to, to this pandemic uh, and the willingness of folks. No, we have to look upon this. We have to see what it is. Yeah, and there, there would be a tendency to look away, right? There'd be a tendency to, to not want to have to expose yourself to, um, to the folks in our community who might be food insecure. Uh, right. to not want to have to expose yourself to the suffering. Uh, and, and yet here, um, Ezekiel says, I looked, right? And then uh, I, I love the next part of that too, um, that the, the bones had reassembled, there were sinews and flesh and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And, uh, and God said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me. And that breath, uh, that Hebrew word for breath is ruach. And uh, I've preached sermons on the, the ruach, right? The spirit, because that's interchangeable. The breath and the wind and the Holy Spirit are uh, the same word in Hebrew. And, and these are interchangeable words. And it's that reminder that if we invite the Holy Spirit, if we look for the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is there breathing breath, breathing new life into things that we may have given up on, things we may have considered dead. Um, and here, uh, it's just this beautiful, um, beautiful poetic language, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Um, and so even, even when we're feeling slain, we know that that Holy Spirit is at work, breathing new breath into us that we may live again, right? Yeah, that makes me think also of the, the creation um, stories yes. and yes. the wind sweeping over the waters of chaos yes. and, and the way that the wind... Um, brings forth um, brings forth something out of out of the chaos and out of the out of the murky mire um, 
I like also, and um, this is something that in the Lenten devotional, um, Kaylin Songson, who wrote the uh, devotional for what will be next week, <laughs> she she picks up on this as well that that Ezekiel Ezekiel is given a role to play within this recreation, right, um, and that. That within the that within the work of hope, like there are people have a role to play in that, mm. right? That that God says, like, prophesy. <laughs> Do, you see the bones. <laughs> Do something <laughs> with the bones, right? Uh, no. And I will I will be with you. I will assist you. I will aid you in that. Uh, I will give you the words to say. I will be at your side, um, but. But you, there are steps for you to take, for people to take. Um, that that hope, uh, hope comes with work, um, in some way. Indeed, indeed, and uh, yeah. But it's in it's in that work itself that additional hope is generated. It's almost a sort of a, uh, in the same way that we're trying to flatten the curve of this uh, of this virus. I think that the other is true too, that the more effort we put into it, we're going to see an exponential impact of the way that we can spread love in our community. And, and, um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's love putting on hands and feet. It's, it's, and, and, and going out and, and serving. And, and that's what's going to continue to generate hope in the community. That's what's going to keep us alive that's what's going to give us new life and new birth uh, when this thing's all over too. Yeah. And, and connecting back to our worship experience this past Sunday, one of the parts of that, that I um, enjoyed the most was during the, during the anthem, we put a little prompt up on the screen and asked folks to share essentially these sorts of things, right? The prompt was uh, where have you got seen God at work this past week? Um, And, and folks just started typing in, and there was a great breadth of things um, that that folks talked about seeing uh, folks helping out neighbors in small ways. They talked about the public schools finding ways um, to get food to, to and to keep serving meals to children. They talked about United Harvest. They talked about businesses um, donating items and pitching in. They talked about um, the dedicated healthcare workers. Um, and, and it connects so well um, with your children's sermon from that day as well. Like, who are the, like, look for the helpers. <laughs> Where right. are the helpers? Ezekiel here is, he seems to be a helper. Yep. <laughs> he's, uh, he's out there, out there working at it in some way. Indeed. Indeed. And I just, uh, I mean, we, we, as, as, the body of Christ have been grafted into the house of Israel, if you will, right? And so thinking about us as the house of Israel, then starting at, at verse 11, then he said to them, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We're cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus the Lord says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves, bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves, bring you up from your graves, O people, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. 
And uh, there it is. That's that's the hope. Uh, and that's the hope that we will maintain and we will continue to foster um, in the midst of all of this. And uh, I, I will... I won't speak for you, Damon, but uh, my hope is fed off of watching this congregation in the way that they act and the way that they love and the way that they reach out to their community um, and the way they uh, just embody the gospel, embody the good news uh, and the hope. So, yes, I would I would add an amen to that most certainly. So, an amen. What do What do you think? You think this will think this will preach on Sunday? I hope so. Yeah, I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling pretty good about it. Um, yeah, again, this scripture was uh, well. I picked it back in August, <laughs> right? And it, and it was it was picked for me, if you will, by the Revised Common Lectionary staff back in 1983. <laughs> uh, but uh, it sure speaks to us today, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those passages that that lives inside and outside of time. I mean, obviously, it it had a particular context and it had a particular origination point and and it meant a particular thing um, to the faithful at that time. Um, and it and it continues to to take on new meaning as it, as we move throughout throughout the years. So, Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, should we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I think that seems like a reasonable kind of a deal. All right. Well, we, uh, Damon and I decided we would also close in prayer. And uh, we're going to close as well with a prayer from the Lenten Devotional Guide. And this is an opportunity for me to remind you about our Lenten Devotional Guide. Uh, we handed these out at the start of the season of Lent for the first couple of weeks. Uh, if you didn't pick one up, we will send out a link where you can read it online or print it off if you'd like. Uh, but we encourage you all as a family of faith to continue to follow this Lenten devotional guide together. Um, and this is an opportunity for us, again, to be united, even though we can't be physically together and continue to learn and grow in our faith together and continue to live the gospel as we are called to do so. So I'll close with a prayer. This one is also from that same devotional guide, and this one was written by uh, Jessica Miski. And so, if you will, let's pray. Lord, creator of all things, as you breathed life into the dry bones, breathe life into our bones and deep into our souls. When our minds are cluttered with unimportant things and our souls have grown tired, fill us with new energy and profound hope. Your breath is always available to us through you. We simply need to ask. Your breath is present as a gentle breeze, cooling our sunburned faces. It gives us a burst of energy to sprint when we sense fear or find ourselves wondering if we can even get to the finish line. When we carry the weight of disease, financial burdens, strained relationships, or failed ventures, revive us. When our spirits are drained by political diatribe or media messages, let us feel your breath on us and in us, filling us with your divine Holy Spirit, encouraging us to keep moving, to keep hoping, and to keep finding strength to help others who are in need. Amen. Amen. So...
Until next right. time. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Toodaloo.